understand we've all felt stuck at one point or another, even the most successful people among us, because it's a rite of passage, a trial, to see if you have what it takes to be independent. The test is to prove that you deserve your destiny. Each week our goal is to bring you an inspiring story of someone who moved beyond their stranded face and found greatness on the other side. Welcome to The Stranded Podcast, and this is your host, Jessica Hurley. Welcome back to another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you've been rocking with me for this long, thank you. If you felt inspired recently, or you heard something you really liked, that made your day, make sure that you take an opportunity to rate and review my podcast, please. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you join the Stranded Phase community. We have Motivational Mondays. We're growing our community. We talk about things in life and breakthroughs and opportunities to move forward and own our stuck phases you haven't yet, make sure you go to thestrandedphase.com and subscribe with your name and email to join the Stranded Phase community. But today, guys, this episode, I thought I gave you the real me on uh, episode five when I talked a lot about my personal situation, Uh, but this is definitely the second phase to that. I'm sitting across from the very person that pushed me to do this podcast, the person that has brought me on this entrepreneurship journey, that just three years ago, this was a foreign idea to me. It was a foreign concept. And when I met him, I have to say, the truth is, I thought that this this whole idea of helping people uh, was a scam. And I've been blown away over the last three years to having him being one of the closest people in my life. I'm sitting across and interviewing my boyfriend, Christopher Bruce. How you doing, everybody? I'm glad to be on the show. I was telling her, like, hey, when are you going to bring me on this damn show so I can speak what I got to (laughs) talk? And, um, you know, of course, this this is my significant other, the person I love to death, the father of my son, Um, but he is also the person, like I said, that pushed me to do this podcast, motivates me every day, um, puts me on game all the time. He is the person I run to when my podcast doesn't work or my website doesn't work. He has taught me everything I know about this entrepreneurship journey. And y'all, I can't think of a better person to give you better advice. Um, he's given me so much good advice and I just wanted him to share some of it with you. So I guess. I guess my first question, Chris, is what do you think the key to this journey, life, balance, maintaining all of it, what does that look like? Well, um, I mean, one thing that I would say uh, when it comes to life and balance is getting clear on what you want um, and then understanding the uh, work and effort that needs to be put in to create that balance. So, you know, 
as a person that started off as an entrepreneur uh, really about uh, nine years ago, su- successfully anyway, I started a million businesses in my head before then and they never worked. But um, starting you know, as an entrepreneur in nine years, uh, which is when my daughter was first born, um, the thing was is that I had wanted to create a business that was going to give me the uh, opportunity to have the freedom to have more of a balanced life, to be able to spend more time with her uh, at, at the time and, you know, just be able to live life on my terms and, and, and have opportunities to, to learn from different uh, people that I looked up to and, and different opportunities, period. So for me, I was had to get really get clear on what it is that I wanted and why I was doing what I was doing uh, as far as being an entrepreneur. So there has been a lot of challenges trying to find a balance. And for those of you that are new going into, uh, if you're starting a business or a new relationship or whatever, um, there will be your challenges that you will have in the beginning uh, to create that balance. But you might sacrifice one part of your life for a very short time, but you'll know that that sacrifice that you're putting up, uh, you know, if you remind yourself why you're doing it, then it won't last forever. So what do I mean by that? Uh, when I was starting my entrepreneurship, I was working a job where I was pretty much working from 10 to 7, uh, sometimes with mandatory overtime from 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. And I was a part-time real estate investor uh, or part-time wanted real estate investor anyway. <laughs> and so me having to give a lot of time to my job and then having to come home and spend time with my daughter. But at the same time, I'm trying to build my business. I slacked and started to spend less time with my daughter initially because I was working so hard to build this business. And it was very hard trying to create this balance. Uh, There was times that, again, you know, it was a lot of sacrifices that were made even with uh, time with my friends. So I sacrificed those because I knew if I worked hard in the beginning and built up something that it would eventually be able to create the time and freedom uh, for me to go back and then have that balanced life. Um, So, yeah, I mean, that's kind of, you know, what what I've I've done. I've read a lot of books, um, which we could talk about some of those later on. But that's pretty much what I realize is that you sacrifice at the beginning for the life that you want, um, which is, you know, uh, for some should be a balanced life to have time with your family, spend time with your friends, um, you know, do something that you love in your pastime, whether that's playing sports or whatever. And, you know, also having the me time for, for yourself to grow. So the episode's over because you just answered every question I have all in one <laughs> run on Sunday. Oh, I'm sorry. I got so much more to give. Please give me a few more minutes, folks. Y'all, I promise he doesn't talk like that much all the time. I really don't. So, okay, so backtrack because there was some good information in there, even though it was a lot. Explain to me, or explain to my, I'm sorry, I know everything about you. Explain to my audience what made you you mentioned a little bit but what made you get into entrepreneurship what made you go from what was it 
you know, working at, um, what was it, Bank of America? Yeah, Bank of America. Working at Bank of America to, I have to make, I have to become an entrepreneur. I have to get on this journey and I have to make this work. Well, I'll backtrack even before this. So growing up, my uh, my mother was a middle class uh, worker, you know, um, I, I really. Growing up where? In Detroit. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. I apologize. I grew up in Detroit, Michigan. Most people know that, you know, that they're, that's the home of the, the big three, Chrysler, uh, GM, Ford. And so my dad worked at Ford, uh, and he also was a part-time entrepreneur. He had his own tax business. My mom, you know, she was, they weren't together, but uh, my mother was a hardworking, middle-class uh, type. You know, of course, we had our times when we were, you know, low or income and whatever, but she eventually got a great job and benefits and stuff like that. And my dad made, you know, very good money. And so I was able to grow up and even though I was mainly with my mom, I would be with my dad and he would have me working in the office as at the age of eight, I was learning how to file papers. I was learning at when I turned about 12, how to answer the phones. It's kind of like a receptionist, almost like a secretary. And so working in his tax office. That's so cute. I wish I could have seen that. <laughs> yeah, I know that's embarrassing. I wish I'm glad there's no pictures of it, but um, anyways, uh, so you know, being around that really started to, and I, I never knew it, it started to create that foundation of entrepreneurship, you know, having your own business. I, I started to get proud that I could tell people once I got into middle school and high school that my dad owned his own business. And it, you know, like most sons that are raised by their father, that is our, our superhero, right? And I wanted to be like my dad. So coming out of high school, I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I didn't know how. I, I knew, you know, my dad was a CPA. He was a tax guy. You know, he knew accounting and stuff. And those stuff just scared the heck out of me. I was like, I don't like accounting at all. So I really didn't know how I could become an entrepreneur or what I was going to do to become an entrepreneur. But I always wanted to become one. And it just so happened that uh, out of trying all these different crazy ideas that I thought was good that never worked out. I came across real estate investing by just happened to just be on website trolling and found something, a guy that kind of resonated with me. So long story short, um, at that particular time that year, which was 2009, my daughter was born in February. I came across this program in May and everything just felt right. And I started to look at how much time I was giving my job and everything that he was saying was like, hey, you're trading your hours for dollars. You know, time is, is going by. And it's just like, if you don't really feel passionate about the work that you're doing, why are you wasting your time making this job rich? And so everything he was telling me was resonating with me. I was feeling it to the core. And I was just like, you know what? I'm not passionate about the job I'm working. I'm just here just to get a paycheck. And so that's what really forced me to take this business serious and take this entrepreneurship serious because I knew I wanted to create a life for my daughter uh, that was much different than how I grew up. Was that a book that you read that from? Yeah. Uh, so one of the first books, uh, this guy who actually later became my mentor recommended to me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And I'm going to tell you right now, for those that's listening to this episode, 
do not read that book if you don't plan on quitting your job. I mean, it will literally make you question. If you do not love your job, do not read that book because I promise you it will question. It will make you question why are you doing what you're doing if you're not passionate. You know, I'm not against working a job at all. I want to put that disclaimer in. You know, um, it is very hard being an entrepreneur. But for those of you that you know that you can give back to the world and create more, when you read this book, it's going to force you to really think about doing that. Okay, so fast forward. You've been an entrepreneur for nine years, right? Yes. So safe to say, still tough, but you've figured this thing out. What is the key to maintaining this? Because what I think what scares a lot of people is the idea of quitting a job, jumping off a cliff, having to be creative and maintain a balance and maintain a business that pays your bills and profits and then doing that consistently year after year after year, you know, like what is the percentage of businesses that fail when they start? Uh, I think it's somewhere close to 90% or 80, 90%, something like that, I believe. Right. So you've been doing this for nine years. What's, what's the key to maintaining business? What's the key to staying, staying on top of this? Well, there's two things. Um, number one is going to say is mindset. Uh, I had to realize that, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are going to get first class uh, MBA, and I, not MBA, but really like a master's, I should say, in personal development. Uh, because the mindset is everything. And you don't really realize that in the beginning that you need to change. And sometimes even when I tell people of, you have to get rid of limiting beliefs and you have to make a paradigm shift in your brain. Uh, the way you think about money, the way you think about business success, all these different things. It, a lot of people are not, they, they, they just really don't understand it. You know, they're not really open to it, but I had to learn that quick. And so, you know, the mindset is one of the biggest things that will make or break your business, believe it or not. You know, you can learn a lot of systems and you can learn the tools and techniques and stuff like that, but without the mindset, none of that stuff is gonna work. Number two Wait, wait, pause. Uh oh. <laughs> I have to I really have to like hone in on this. And I think everybody that's listened to my last, you know, seven episodes, I think on every single episode we hit on mindset. But I have to bring the point of how serious you take this. And I think you're, you're speaking of it so mildly, but when, <laughs> when I first met you and I was, we got started getting serious and, and I saw more of your daily rituals, I was blown away. Like I thought something was wrong with you because you were reading books, like reading half a book a day, you know, you'd read a book in two days. You had a shelf full of books and you were saying things that I had never heard. Like, you know, what are your positive affirmations look like? Do you tell yourself positive affirmations? You know, we need to practice gratitude every day. And, you know, I just, I write down everything that I'm thankful for every day. And I, you know, write down things that I've achieved and I write down my goals. And it was just all this, like these practices. And I was like, you know, and I don't deal with negativity. You know, let's don't talk about people. You know, that's, that's just bringing, that's breeding negativity. That's bringing doubt. Like I was like, oh my God, what? 
what do you mean like positive affirmations and that I remember at one point I was like this is fake like <laughs> what do you mean you tell yourself in the mirror like it was fake it was to me it was fake it was too much I was like why would you have to tell yourself these things why do you have to write this stuff down and it took me two and a half of the three and a half years we've been together to realize how powerful your mind is and how nobody can control it but you. And you have to work at training your mind every single day. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I felt the same exact way as you. I remember picking up the book Secrets of the Millionaire Mind and it had these exercises in it. Like, you know, when you see a penny on the ground, pick it up and say, I attract money. It's a freaking penny. What can I pay on the earth <laughs> in any store for <laughs> that's worth a penny? There's nothing in the store. You know, so when I had to do these things, I'm like, this is so stupid. I, I don't. But then something clicked to me. I said, you know what? I'm reading a book from somebody that is a multimillionaire that is saying that they are doing these things. And what am I? I'm not even a thousandaire. So for me, I was like, you know what? It's not going to hurt me to do these things. You know, hey, if it works, it works. If it doesn't, what? I look stupid in front of myself only. And so I started to do those things. And then I started to see the shift in everything around me. And I was like, okay, maybe this mind stuff really is serious. Maybe the stuff that I really need to focus on. And that's when a lot of the problems that... Uh, where around start to pretty much not exist anymore. Um, some of the similar problems that I was having, even around money. Uh, so yeah, it, it, listen, anybody listening, listen, I would tell you that mindset is everything. And, you know, there are things that you have to change. Um, but, you know, focus on if you can read, listen to podcasts, all those different things will, will help shift, especially listening to podcasts. And I promise you, if you practice those things, you will see a change in, in the results that you're looking for. You will start to accomplish them. Now, the second thing following up to that is relationships. It's fostering relationships. You know, um, many times we uh, look at our business relationships uh, even more in depth in our romantic relationships that we have, uh, we don't take enough time uh, to really hone in and grow and foster those relationships. And that is very key in business, both business relationships that you have and even the romantic relationships. I didn't really realize until I started digging deep that personal relationships that you have even with family members and the romantic relationships you have with your partner, if those are not together, they will affect you in your business. So that makes me think of the nine years that you've been successful at entrepreneurship. Were you always happy? No. Um, you know, it's funny. I got into the business because all I could think about was money. You know, I, I had this big thing that if I made a million dollars or multi-millions of dollars, that that would make me happy. I was seeking and 
really just worshiping money. That's all I thought about. And I, I felt that that was my happiness was only into how much money I could make. But as time went on and I finally started to make money, then I realized that that wasn't the thing that brought me happiness. The relationships around me, the time that I spent with loved ones, that was the things that made me happy. Because see, money is just a tool. It's just a tool that gets you through life. You know, and I know for someone that might be listening to this, uh, you know, that, that may not have a lot of money right now, might say, hey, that's easy for you to say um, because you have money. And I used to think like that too. Uh, but you could take all the money away and the thing with me is that I have the knowledge that I can get it back, number one. So if all the money were gone, I, could, I have enough knowledge that I can get it back. But what you can't get back is those relationships that you damage in the, you know, in between time of you trying to chase this money dream and you're damaging your relationships with your family members, with your partners, with your children. You can't take that back. You can't get another family member. Sometimes you can't get another great partner. And I had to realize that, that I could chase every dream of having the money, the cars and all those other things. And if I let my relationships dwindle in the process, then I'll be doing all this for nothing. When did you realize that? Because I feel like if we were, if um, we're just being honest, you know, you and I have struggled with that big time. Um, you are, you get into your work. I mean, you get into a, a funk and get focused, laser focused. I mean, he has a, it's like a man cave where he works. And sometimes I don't see him for days, you know, and there's been times where that has been really damning on our relationship. What made you realize that? And then secondly, what was difficult about, what was the most difficult part of overcoming that? Okay. Well, what made me realize that was, um, there's been a few books. If, if, if I name, one of the books that I'm pretty sure everybody would, I would recommend that everybody reads, um, is Life in There. Um, you know, again, we, as entrepreneurs, a lot of times uh, initially focus on the money, and that's what I was focused on. Um, at the time that I had met you, I was transitioning from one business to the second business, and at that second business. I was working to take that to a six-figure income business. And so initially, again, once again, there is a huge sacrifice that you have to put in, that, that you have to let go. Something's going to fall short, unfortunately. It's just, it's it's very challenging when you're trying to take something to a certain level. Now, you know, if you're looking just to make a few thousand dollars here or whatever, it's not going to take that much. But if you're trying to take a business to six figures or seven figures, there's going to be some things that will sacrifice. But you have to understand going into that to communicate with the partner. See, that was the thing that I wasn't good at in the beginning. It was like, hey, you know what? I'm trying to work hard. You should just understand this. You know, I'm doing all this for you. 
But what I was lacking was the proper communication. You see, my mentor taught me that the best way when you have a partner is to communicate with them and say, listen, you know, baby, I'm going to be putting in a lot of hours because we're trying to put this presentation together, you know, uh, and it's going to take us, you know, X amount of hours, a few days or more time in the office or more time in the man cave to get this done. Once it's done, then we can go back to our regular scheduled program. But the issue was the lack of communication. And as entrepreneurs are listening to this, I want you to know that communication is everything in relationships. Uh, I'm still learning this to today. I haven't perfected this, but what I can say is that I've learned from past relationships and reading a lot of books that that is really the key to fostering your relationship and making it work. It's just being able to communicate with your partner. Now, let me be clear. We, Chris and I have been together for like three and a half years now, and you said something like, uh, communication is key. It's the key to everything. And it's not something you've mastered. It's still something you're learning every day. That's a, you know, that's a long time throughout our relationship for us to still trying to be figure this, figuring this out. And what I want people to understand that are listening is this is a constant, constant, like what I see in a successful relationship, what I consider a successful relationship is this is, this is a constant work in progress for both of us to understand that in every aspect of our relationship, if we don't communicate everything from what we mean when we say something to the fact that we're not being vulnerable about something that's hurting our feelings or making us feel some type of way and how to best communicate with each other, right? Because Women, we swear men can read our minds and men 90% of the time have no idea what's going on. At least that's how I feel anyway. That's very true. (laughs) (laughs) I always tell Chris everything is surface level with him. I have to go beyond explaining (laughs) to get my point across. And with Chris, I think a lot of times he just balls a lot of stuff up inside. He doesn't bother to tell me a whole lot of anything. And I think even this far in the game, we're still learning that communication, mastering communication is is one of the most difficult things you'll ever do. Definitely. Definitely. I mean, um, I would say, you know, again, for me, in my, I always want to develop in areas that I'm weak in. Um, so what I do in my pastime is I like to read a lot of books. And so I would say one of the books that was a very eye opener for me uh, was the five love languages. I'm pretty sure maybe some of you've heard it. If you haven't, uh, can't think of the author. I'm in my office right now. I wish I could find the book so I could give you the author of it. Let me see. I might be able to find it. Um, Yeah, might take a little bit of time for me to find it, but look it up. It is called the five love languages. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, this will definitely help you with the communication, especially with how the way your partner receives love. You see, one thing is that, like Jessica said, is that as men, uh, we 
automatically think, or excuse me, as women more say, they, they automatically think that us men know how they want to be loved and things like that. And, and, and sometimes us men are ego-wise, we think that we know, but everybody is different, you know? And so without that communication is left to basically just assuming it's assumptions, but you know, we both read the five languages book and we both were able to communicate with each other how we express love and how we expect for the others to express love to us, you know? So that was another, uh, you know, one of those books that opened up my eyes to things that I didn't think about. And I'm pretty sure you can agree, Jessica, it was, it was an excellent book. Yeah, it really was. You know what else was good was the um, the Superior Man. Yeah, yeah, The Way of the Superior Man. That was another, I mean, guys, it's good for women too, but but guys, that is like a must-read book. Um I mean, I could talk for the rest of this hour for the podcast. I'm not doing it too, but just get that book. The Way of the Superior Man. Very, very, very insightful book for men that's out there, especially powerful men that's entrepreneurs. So after reading the five love languages, how do I expect to receive love? Well, you... uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, Basically, the way you receive love is through... um, saying things so like affirmations as well as physical touch so if i'm walking around the house and i haven't told my lady that she is beautiful or gave her a hug you know i'm asking you what's wrong she's like do you love me bro like what's going on like uh, am i sexy to you what's going i haven't heard you say it in a while you know and i had to realize that realize that because how i grew up and also in other past relationships, that wasn't necessarily always a requirement for me, you know, uh, from me, excuse me. So I had to learn that, right? And that's the thing that I challenge you guys in relationships to start doing is communicating with your partner, you know, and figuring out what their expectations are and figuring out how they want to receive love. I promise you it it'll make things so much better in your household, but you got to be open to communicate and fellas, you got to be open to, you know, just, just, just being vulnerable and being open to doing something different. Okay. You don't know everything. That's one thing I'm going to tell you is that the quickest thing is to to learn that you don't know anything. All right. You might think you do, but you don't know anything. That's because I'm really the smart one. I'll get rid of that. (laughs) So, what do you think we're good at? Um, I think that we are really good. Well, I will say, and this is only based off of other relationships that I know that some people are in, which will remain anonymous. Um, we are really good at communication, even though it is a thing that we are always working on constantly improving uh, we have always been able to communicate our problems in a way where we're not going back and bickering. Um, I think that we're really good at being very open to each other and being ourselves. 
Um, I've never been in a relationship before where I could totally 100% be myself. I know a lot of people don't. Sometimes you might see my Instagram. I'm on there dancing on her Instagram, acting silly, things like that. Uh, I'm able to, to really be myself. Uh, and, and that's one thing that I love. I hope you feel the same way. I don't know if she does or not, but if you don't, be yourself, damn it. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I get to be myself. And when, when we talk about communication, like, I want to give some examples because communication, 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 right? You hear that all the time. Like this, I, no, Everybody has heard this before, but it's like, what does that look like? What does great communication look like? And like I said, it's different for every couple or relationship, but like for Chris and I, it's as deep as... Like when Chris used to work a lot, I would just, you know, he would work and work and work. And then he doesn't, like you mentioned, he doesn't show love um, by touching me or hugging me. Um, so he works, works, works. And then he comes in the house late at night and then he doesn't hug me. And he, so then, you know, I start making assumptions. I would start making assumptions. And then over a week's time, I would think, you know, maybe he has someone else or I would become doubtful and, or I would question him and say, you know, you don't, what's wrong? You don't love me anymore. I would create all these stories and these ideas in my head. And then when I would have a conversation about it with him, he was so confused. Like he would be like, what are you talking about? I'm just focused on my work. Like, of course I love you. Of course nothing's changed, you know? And what I, what we've realized over three years is it, it, it really takes me, I have to come to Chris and say, listen, hey, I need some attention. I need a date night. Like you haven't, we haven't spent any quality time together. Like, can you come in here and have a conversation with me? And he gets it. He gets it, but it's, it's, the communication is that deep. I have to come out and ask for what I want directly. And we're both okay with that now. Like, if I text Chris on my way up from work and say, I need time for us tonight, he will shut down and give me time. I'll say I need attention, because I need some attention, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's very true, you know, because, again, as entrepreneurs, sometimes we get so caught up into the work because we don't even feel like it's work. I can literally be in the office working sometimes if I'm putting, again, and I'm talking for those of you that wonder what the heck do I do. Um, I have an educational-based digital marketing company where we sell informational products on teaching people how to do real estate. So it's a lot of... Uh, Internet marketing things with writing emails, building sales funnels, web pages, webinars, you name it. Um, and actually coaching, I have uh, tons of different students all across the country we've helped. But, and a podcast as well too. And uh, But none of that to brag, but those things are a lot on my plate, right? And so to, to think about those struggles that we had before where I was working countless hours what I did have to realize was that, well, I need to create a system and I need to create people around me that I could delegate tasks to that could free up my time. So that way she doesn't have to come to me all the time and say, I have a date night. I, it just automatically clicks on my head. You know what? No work Thursday night. We're going to do a date night or no, you know. And so it became more of like, uh, not, I don't want to say a routine because I, sometimes people think of routine redundant, as redundant yeah. and you know, as something bad. But 
it's just like a trigger. It's like when you wake up in the morning, you know, okay, my breath's probably thick. I need to brush my teeth. That, that's how it is for the week. It's like, okay, I've been working my butt off. Let me take my lady out, okay? You, it just becomes second nature. And, you know, listen, one thing I can tell you is that you got to date your partner. You know, you have to date your lady. You have to date your husband. You have to date your wife. You know, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever you call them. You have to date them. And even though you may have you know, be living with them and you may have a family and you, they may already have a ring or whatever the case may be. You know, I had to learn that you still have to date them, right? You still have to take that time out and get away from everything and just focus on you too. Um, because that is how you will keep the relationship going. Without that, man, you let everything that's going on in the world things that's going on, household, with kids, work, whatever, it would easily knock you off from that. And, you know, it's a very quick way for your relationship to start dwindling and going downhill. Can you guys tell from the way that Chris is talking that I'm, like, clearly a handful? (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any woman on the planet is not a handful. (laughs) So what do you think, like maybe name like a specific time or something, what, what's like the toughest thing we've ever dealt with? Um, I would say the toughest thing that we've probably dealt with was probably the past issues that we had in our previous relationships. Um, obviously, we both have um, had you know infidelities dealing with our partners in our past, which created a lot of trust issues. Um, and insecurities as well and I think that those were probably the biggest challenges that we both had to to deal with and and it's still not perfect we still deal with some of those you know today Um, it's just not as heightened as they were in the beginning Um, but the one thing that I will say that I love about you is that always knew that I want to always become a better person right and I always I'm serial guy about learning more and I just I get so like excited about just learning a, a new path of life a new a new way right and so in this relationship I was able to really dig deep on issues that I had never uncovered before and the one thing I love about you is that even though you weren't into as personal development as much as I was, you have always been open to learn more about yourself, to learn more about uncovering those things. And it was never a situation where I came to you and you were like, Chris, get the hell out of my face with that. <laughs> like, <laughs> you've always been open to that. And I don't want to take that for granted because I know other people that are in relationships that could never do that with their partner. Because their partner is not open to any type of like criticism or any type of like anything that you, that 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 they're giving them information to try to help them, you know. And for the most part, overall, you have always been open to it. Maybe not initially the first time, but you've always taken time and been like, okay, you know what? The other day when we were talking about this, that hit me. And or or I felt that and and I started to think about that. 
And so, you know, our challenges that we've been able to get through, really, the reason why is because we've both been open to finding solutions that, and not just solutions, but just uncovering the deep, deep things that have been really burying us subconsciously. You know, um, one thing I would say is the way your relationship is now, for those that's listening, you'll be surprised at how much they are very similar to your parents, uh, the way you were brought up. And you would be surprised at something that might have happened to you at a young age that is blocking you subconsciously right now and not allowing you to get to the other side of greatness because of that fear or because of that situation and the story you told yourself behind it. And I can say that me and Jessica have really been able to cover things that we both never really even thought about. And uh, that's what I, I truly love about this relationship is that we've came to the forefront of those things. We've talked about them. We've worked on them. We continually work on them. And uh, I mean, I don't think I could ever find it in another partner. Yeah. This might be the nicest thing you ever said. <laughs> well, it's your podcast. So it's, it's <laughs> um, that's That's something that I really love is that I feel like our relationship is always maybe not always, but has really been like a judgment free zone. Like, I don't think there's anything that I could say to you at this. Well, I don't know. That might be a lie, but I don't think there's anything that I could say to you or that you could say to me that would really walk me away from this relationship. Like, you know, the, whatever you want to uncover or whatever I feel like I've uncovered, we're both like, Oh my God, you know, like, that's amazing. That's crazy. Like, tell me more. You want to get past that. How can I help you? You know, how do we both grow in this? How do you stop doing that? How do I stop doing that? You know, like anytime we're self-aware, we praise each other for that. And the whole time you were talking, all I could think of was about self-awareness, about how you have to be so self-aware to be successful in a relationship. You have to know your faults. You have to know what you're good at. And you have to be willing to take responsibility every single time, like, you know, and then especially in the situations where, you know, we're upset with someone and we it takes so much to realize that, like, you played an equal role in the situation, you know, whether it be like your past relationships that caused you to be insecure or, you know, it caused a past a past situation or something that you learned from your family or your parents is, is the reason why you're so mad. And it's not actually something that your partner did. You know, we you and I have uncovered so many situations where. Um, there's things between us that are directly correlated with our past experiences with our, our parents and our relationships and, you know, friends and whatnot. And um, you have to be self-aware of those things. Yeah, I, I definitely 100 percent agree um, because, you know, these are our are mental blocks. Again, once again, subconsciously holding you back and. You know, once you can get past those things, like you said, be self-aware and really take action. You know, you might not necessarily know how to fix the problem at first. It might take a lot of trial and error. Ladies and gentlemen, this woman has stayed by me from a lot of trials and error. Okay, (laughs) she could have been left me. But, you know, the thing is, is that you have to keep pursuing 
getting deep down into those issues and pursuing different actions to take to, to get better. You know, maybe it might be a book. Maybe it might be counseling. Um, you know, yeah, maybe, we've both gone to counseling, by the way. Yeah, we were both with counseling. I mean, we've taken landmark courses, which some of you might know about landmark forum. Um, you might have to change a whole friends that you hang around with. I don't know. You know, it, there's different different things. But one thing I can tell you is that if you are doing the same thing over and over again, expecting different results, we all know the definition of that. It's insanity. Okay, so you can't do the same thing over and over again and, you know, expect that you're going to have a great relationship because it's just not going to work. You know, so for me and you as well, we both have had that understanding that we we try different things out. We, we Something might not work. We try it out and we try something different out. We're always working to improve our lives with within ourselves and then our lives as together as one. Um, and if you have someone that is willing to always work and show effort and not just say they're going to do it, but actually show you effort that they're working towards it, you got to keep her. <laughs> you said something that I want to hit on because I think people might call it by another name. I called it by another name, but you mentioned mental blocks and mental blocks. I call them limiting beliefs are something we all face in our career in our relationships. Um, I think these are the stories that we tell ourselves, you know, the way we defend ourselves from pain and fear. And we, um, kind of, this is how we create our excuses, you know? So, um, I'll give you an example, like coming, coming into this relationship, I struggled the first year with trusting you because I had this block in my mind that that was telling me that you were going to, there was going to be infidelity that I had dealt with cheating and men being disloyal so much. There was just no way that this could go any other way. And that caused me to be doubtful of you. That caused me to be doubtful of our relationship. And I had to find out how to let that go. And that started with forgiving those people And at the time I didn't even realize that I hadn't forgiven those people, but I had to forgive those, those exes in order to believe and give you the chance and free reign to prove, prove yourself in this relationship. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I look at, you know, some of the same challenges in that area and, you know, there was times that I didn't even believe relationships even work you know i wasn't we came into relationship both of us can say that we weren't even looking for a relationship you know we just happened to have very similar interests and at the time you know we were very much infatuated with each other um because it was just a different energy and different vibe but you know for me i had this block most relationships with me, you know, they don't really last. A lot of times I had, I had a mental block that uh, I ended up generally getting bored with every woman. You know, I was dating different women and after a few months, that you know, that they're not that interesting to me anymore. And so those were all mental blocks that were uh, in front of me in the beginning of a relationship. And I had to look at the past relationships 
and say that those are past relationships. See, you know, our brains are fight or flight. It teaches us that, right? It teaches us they're how many, I don't know, 2,000 plus how many, many years old. Um, and it's there to whatever things that have happened in the past, our brain is trying to protect us, you know, for us not to go through that same you know, issue or same problem or same scenario. But a lot of times, you know, we're creating these stories in our head that probably is not even going to happen, you know, but those again, once again, what I had to realize was that I had to let my own relationships go and come into a relationship with a fresh new attitude, come into the relationship without those blocks. And I had to realize what those blocks were first and then create a new possibility of what I want the relationship to look like. And, you know, I can say that that's what's helped me get through this relationship, even in the bad times, um, you know, the ups and downs of the relationship is that I have a new look and I'm not going back to the old way of thinking, you know, the, and, and limiting to beliefs. Uh, because at the end of the day, when you think about those things, they don't serve you. You know, you got to look at what do you want your life to to be like? What do you want your relationship to look like? And think about what are you thinking about on a daily basis? And is those things serving you? If they're not, um, you need to get rid of them. We call it audit, ants, automatic negative thoughts. And they run in your head all the time to try to help you again to fight or flight. In a situation, um, but a lot of times it, it's it's just false reality. You know, I'm thinking one of the randomly about one of the toughest things I think you and I ever dealt with. Well, on my end, um, for those of you that don't know, and Chris and I have been together for three and a half years. Um, in August 2017, we uh, had our son. And I think I've mentioned on a previous episode, he was uh, born 12 weeks early, which made me only six and a half months pregnant. And it was super traumatic because one, it was unexpected. We weren't ready. And two, just his health was so in question. And he ended up spending 82 days in the NICU. And, you know, like I get text messages and I get correspondence from people all the time, emails, people reaching out to me on social media that have babies in the NICU and they're just like, how did you do this? And the effect, and thank God our son is super healthy now, um, but the effect that that had on our relationship was unexplainable. I cannot explain like, I still, to this day, I'm like, I can't believe we got past that. I, it blows my mind because I think for 82 days, we were so numb to emotions and communication. Um, there was nothing left there but the commitment. I mean, we were literally cohabitating. We weren't talking. There was nothing. There was nothing there. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, um, and I probably didn't mention this to you, but one of the reasons why on that end for me, um, there's two different reasons to it. So, you know, the 
positive side, it was that I just would say, you know what, everything is going to be all right. Everything happens for a reason. Um, we don't know what the reason is, but everything is going to be right. But the other side of me was like, my emotions are gone because if something was to happen, I don't want to get let down or get emotionally crushed. It was almost like my brain, the fear was just prepping me for if something bad were to happen, that I could get through it, right? Because my emotions were totally almost, it felt like they were gone. It was like I was numb to whatever the kid, it's almost like being on drugs, but emotional drugs or something. I don't even know if that's even a thing, but that's what it was is because, you know, people take drugs, right? To be numb from the situation. And what I was doing at that particular time was I was numb to the relationship because if for whatever reason, my son wouldn't made it, you know, and this is what I've always wanted. Uh, after I had my daughter was a son. Um, so it was just, if that situation happened, that I could deal with it or not deal with it. Um, right. You know, because this is so sad, but it's like, it's like the way men are in relationships. It was like, you choose not to be vulnerable. You choose not to invite feelings in. You choose to close everything out. And therefore, if it doesn't go well, then I don't ever have to deal with it. I never accepted it. I never let it in. I never loved it. I never, you know, felt anything for it. Therefore, the letdown is much easier. Exactly. That's so crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, Especially to think about now, like, I love that little boy, man. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, you're right. It's it's because I I was like, man, that that might be the harsh reality that he, but he doesn't make it. And I didn't want to feel that pain, you know? Um, one thing about me is that I, I know I have to feel that I know life is pain, and, and I'll tell you this, guys: is being an entrepreneur, um, it is the most pain that you will ever go through. It is like for women that are having their baby in labor; it's like that every single day. Like you uh-uh, literally, uh-uh. <laughs> don't, don't. Okay, okay, I can't maybe. Don't even try okay, to compare right, it. Fine. I can't compare it, but it feels like that sometimes, David. Okay, like it's like listen, as an entrepreneur, you know, especially when you're just starting, you're literally in a boxing ring with Mike Tyson. You're getting beat up every single day. I take a lot of losses all the time. Now I get a lot of wins. I'm happy to be getting more wins than losses, but. You take a lot of hits emotionally. You know, you do all these things to put a lot of time into making something happen and then it doesn't happen. And so what that was doing at times for me was it was causing me, since I was taking so much emotional hits, is to disconnect all emotions with everything else. And at that time of my son being in NICU, it was like I, I had to disconnect my emotions because I knew that if I got all my emotions tied in and I'm also taking some hits in my business at the same time, I probably could have 
destructed. I probably could have destructed and everything been over. Listen, y'all, I hate it, Chris. (laughs) 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 I, I probably like hated you and just didn't have the energy to walk away because like, like you said, like this is, this is trauma. This is, this was traumatic. And so people choose to deal with things the in which the way they choose to deal with them, right? So Chris was like completely shut down. He blocked everybody out. Like he was like a walking zombie. You know, he just went and saw Cameron and he worked all day and he barely said two words. So times that by 80. And that was every single day. And for me, I would I wouldn't say I handled it any better. I just threw myself into work and people when they hear that, they're like, I can't believe you went back to work. Of course I went back to work because for 82 days I was going to sit around and do nothing and think bad thoughts and wonder what could happen and what it would be and how's it going to go. No, I literally went back to work and put my all into my job. And I'm, and this, I'm sure that was exactly what Chris did with his business um, because I couldn't sit here and think about what we were dealing with every single day it would have it would have destroyed me like self like chris said it it would have caused us both to self-destruct um it's just a lot to handle emotionally so you know i i said that's the craziest thing we've ever dealt with but i sit here and i'm so proud of us for you know one our son being so healthy but two for us overcoming that and when it was over you know being able to stop and look at each other and remind ourselves that we're we're still us we still love each other to death. That was just a time in our lives where like we really had to pause everything. And like if I would have asked Chris any one of those days, what's wrong with you or you know, what's wrong with us or it probably would have resulted in some very very ugly conversations. <laughs> like neither one of us could have talked about anything like that. You know, but we were both patient. We both understood that we were dealing with a traumatic situation and I think afterwards, it was just so nice to be able to look at each other and say, okay, we're, we're moving on to the next phase and I get it and you get it and there's no need to even talking about it. We just, we handled it in which the best way that we could. Yeah. And, you know, again, like I said, everything happens for a reason. Um, I think, you know, us both seeing the strength of our son, you know, going through this whole process and he got so strong and I mean he was in NICU lifting up his head with stuff attached to his head I was like oh my gosh but we seeing how strong he was and 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 overcoming this and us getting through this as well too it brought us closer number one and it brought us a whole new realm of opportunities going into 2018 um I can say that we both have been shattering a lot of goals and, you know, I probably can say that we both agree that we attest that from seeing the strength of our son. Um, you know, he gave us and motivated us more than he even knows, uh, you know, just going through that whole process. So everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the bad things that happen to us, we don't necessarily understand why, but you got to understand that everything is either um, a lesson or a blessing. And, and you, when you look at life with a perspective of that, then you could come back and, and, and laugh about it or 
you know, really talk about like how we're talking about it right now. And, you know, just realize that, again, there, there was a lesson and a blessing with, with this situation. Um, and so it's just all about your perspective and how you look at things. Yeah, I think it really slowed us down. It slowed us down and it humbled us. And I tell everybody, like, my son doesn't realize he makes me feel invincible. Like, my listeners know this year I jumped off a cliff. It's what, this is what I feel like anyway, because every piece of doubt or question or, you know, any of that, I stopped having those thoughts because I saw how strong our son was. And I was like, if he can do this, I can do anything for him. Like there's no more hesitation. There's no more things in question. There's no more doubt. This boy can do this. I can do like I say all the time. I can't wait until this boy like splits his knee open. And I'm going to be like, child, you have no idea what you've been through. <laughs> Get up, dust your knee off. Right. That's nothing. Like, right. you're Superman. <laughs> yep. I mean, he just taught us so much about, like, overcoming the the unthinkable. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he was born on the freaking eclipse day, guys. <laughs> yeah, he was, born on the, he was born on the day of the solar eclipse yeah. a week a week from being three months early. At two pounds. At two pounds. He was two pounds. They didn't know if he was going to make it. They told us they would only know if he came out crying. And he did. And then he was whisked away uh, to the NICU um, where probably for the first four weeks. Um, we didn't even know what he looked like. <laughs> yeah, we, yeah. That's, that's exactly it. Four weeks we didn't even know what he looked like because they covered his face because he was jaundice and they his face he had little like fake sunglasses and a mask over his face so like all you saw was little string bean arms and a body in a box you know I didn't hold him I think it was like 12 days before I held him and we didn't even you know we didn't know what he looked like he had to keep his face covered he had like a big tube hooked to the top of his head in a hat and it was just it was crazy. And for, for the first month I got a phone call every day and I couldn't, I kept wanting to ask this question. Like, so, you know, how is he? And they were like, Oh, is he going to be okay? We don't know. We just have to take it day by day. We just have to take it day by day. And after hear that, like for 30 days, I can't explain to y'all. I can't explain when you hang up that phone, how you look at the rest of your day. So, like I said, I'm just so grateful that we can sit there and know that we overcame that. And Cameron is as healthy as he can be, 15 pounds. He's a fat boy now, and he's growing like a weed, and he's doing so well. And I think our relationship is the best it's ever been um, because of Cameron. You know, and you don't rely your entire relationship on your child, but I think he's made us both better, stronger, slowed us down. And just made us appreciate life. Definitely. I definitely 100% agree. So, I guess last question, two part. For my listeners that are on an entrepreneurship journey, maybe desire to be, you know, to, to explore that journey, what would your best advice be for them? And then, 
people in a relationship, the people that are telling us every day on social media that we're relationship goals, AF, and, <laughs> you know, what do we do to keep things going, and what would your best relationship advice be as well? Well, the first part, I would say, um, being an entrepreneur, the one thing I would tell you to do is get clear on your goals, get clear on what it is that you want out of life, figure out what you are good at, what value you can bring to the marketplace, and whatever that is, product or service, uh, get a mentor or start to uh, read books from someone or get around people that you, someone that you definitely look up to or aspire to be and study everything. And, and most importantly, implement the things that you're learning. Uh, focus on changing your mindset. There's a very, very big shift from an employee to an entrepreneur. Okay, there's a lot of uncertainty when you become entrepreneur. You don't know exactly where your paycheck is coming from. So you have to develop the mindset you know, to be able to, again, go through ups and downs because it's a roller coaster business. But if you work on those things, uh, I promise you, you will be successful. You know, keep God first, too. Second of all, I would say when it comes to uh, your relationships, uh, don't look at relationship goals as AF with us. OK, our relationship <laughs> is our relationship. Damn it. <laughs> no, but seriously, like, listen, you know, people look at other relationships from social media and you're only looking through it from one lens which Comparison is the perfect is the thief of all joy exactly you're looking at it from the perfect side of the lens you're not seeing the other things and challenges and bs that relationships you know have to go through all right we got in an argument yesterday yeah you know exactly <laughs> you see but here's the thing one thing I, I can say that I, I love like listening to Will Smith on his social media and stuff like that is the relationship advice and stuff that he gives. And I really I remember when he said on Oprah, I think it was, or one of those interviews, he said relationship is the hardest thing that you will ever go through. Um, it's the hardest thing. Like raising kids is, is, is easy. You know, starting a business is easy compared to having a lasting relationship. Um, so, don't focus on somebody's other relationship as your goals. Um, you know, yes, you might be inspired by someone else's relationship, and but understand that you don't know all sides to the story, right? Um, so just get clear on what it is that you want your relationship to look like. What do you want your partner uh, to, to what your expectations of that person and communicate, all right? Don't you know, be closed-minded to communication, okay? Men, listen, your woman might tell you, you know what, you're not stroking it good enough. You need to do it this way, okay? <laughs> be open to this, all right? Because the more open that you are, you will learn about each other and you will get better with each other and it will help your relationship to continue to grow and last. And so that's what I will leave you with that. I would say... You, while you were talking, I was thinking about something that would be my best advice. I would say, oh, man, I guess um, I think what's really changed the game for me was 
I got I went through a phase where I, I really um, found myself getting stuck on negative thoughts. So like I would wake up in the morning and by 10 a.m. I would have already told Chris what he did wrong, what was like getting on my nerves and what he needed to fix or how frustrated I was with my morning already. And it had already gone, you know, it had already flowed over to him, even if it had nothing to do with him. And I had to really revisit why I was thinking this way. And if you feel like you're in a negative state or you feel like your relationship is this constant in this constant negative place, something super easy to consider is practicing gratitude. And I swear you guys practicing gratitude changed the game for me. And it was something as simple as this. I use a notebook every day at work. When I sit down, I open my notebook and I write down all my to do things for that day. Top priorities first things that need to be done, but are there's not as much urgency and, you know, like just some follow-up things. And instead I take the first five minutes of my day. And if I open that notebook, I don't care if I'm in a meeting. I don't care if I need to take notes. I write a little block at the top of each page with the date that says, um, my gratitude. And I write five things. And if I don't have time, I just list them. If I have time, I'll list them and I'll write why. And, you know, most of the time they're they're often the same things. It's, you know, God, it's God's mercy. Um, it's family. It's my healthy parents. It's my boyfriend. It's the, it's our healthy son. It's the opportunity to, to, you know, a freedom of speech. It's the opportunity to love and to be loved. You know, it's just a lot of the same things over and over again. And it's perfectly fine to be grateful for the same things over and over again. And what it eventually did for me subconsciously without me even noticing until later on was I looked forward to these things. I wrote these things down every day and then I stopped looking for negative things. I would be driving to work already thinking about the five things that I'm grateful for. And you just start, you, you get used to looking for that. You get used to looking for positivity. You literally eliminate the negative stuff in your life you know, without even doing it on purpose. Like by 10 a.m., I've already made a list of all the things I'm grateful for and I'm super, super happy. And, and that stuff flows over into your relationship. And we've, we've talked about this this entire episode, but everything that you do with yourself, every bit of who you are, your perspective, your attitude, your thoughts, your personality, what you feed yourself with, how you let people lead you, the people you surround yourself with, flows over into your relationship. And in order for Chris and I to be in the best place we could be, I had to change a lot of things about myself. And that started with my daily routine. Great. I agree. <laughs> He's just shaking his head. Like, I agree. 100%. Yes, yes Jesus. <laughs> Amen to that. So, thank you, Chris for being your most vulnerable, honest self on my podcast. Oh, no problem. It was my pleasure. And you know I love you dearly, right? Yeah, and I love you too. <laughs> All right. So uh, I got to plug you. <laughs> you gotta, Please do. You guys got to Follow me. <laughs> 
you gotta check my my baby out on uh, social media at uh, at Detroit Mogul on Instagram, and they can find you on Facebook as at Detroit Mogul as well. Oh, at Detroit uh, forward slash at Detroit Mogul as well. And any you had, tell them about your book. Yeah. So for anybody that is interested in getting started in real estate, I have a book called Escaping the REI Newbie Zone. All right. I also have a podcast named the same as well, too. So if you want to learn how to get started in real estate investing, you can just go to escapethenewbiezone.com and you can get more information about uh, our podcast as well as the book. And I have some other training courses as well, too. You guys, I have the best mentor. I feel sorry for you if you're on this journey and you don't have someone that's awesome because I have been so lucky to have you to guide me along this journey because I would have lost my mind already (laughs) with all the times that I failed at loading a podcast episode on my website or my clip didn't work or my audio sucked. You have been amazing. So thank you. Well, I'm glad that you are finally getting this out to the world and you are already changing lives already. All right. No matter when you're tuning in to this or when it's fresh off the press or even months or years down the line, uh, one thing I can say is that I know all of the listeners really enjoy hearing your voice and also these episodes are really insightful and helpful to them. So I want to say, you know, I'm proud of you. Keep doing your thing. Keep inspiring hundreds and thousands of people all across the world. And uh, once again, thank you for having me on the podcast. Thank you, baby. Thanks again for joining us on another episode of The Stranded Podcast. If you felt inspired or moved today, make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about us and our guests at thestrandedphase.com. And don't forget that your stranded phase is a rite of passage on your journey to greatness.